Welcome to Spirit School. I'm your mentor, Danielle Serenk, also known as the Squamish Medium. In this podcast, I share honestly all I have learned about the mediumship and spiritual development journey. My intention is to normalize these conversations, to make way for a more confident, clear, and connected wave of lightworkers, serving the world of spirit with an open and joyful soul. Welcome again to Spirit School. Hello everyone and welcome back to Spirit School. I am so excited to be here with you on this solo episode. I've had so many emails come through and different uh, questions that come up in my community, the initiation circle. And so I wanted to just spend this time with you answering some of the questions that I have been receiving. And I did put out to my Instagram as well to see do you guys have any questions you want me to answer on the podcast. I I think I've only ever done one Q&A before. And so I did receive three questions through Instagram as well that I'm going to answer. And yeah, I hope that you guys learned something cool from it. I know that within the initiation program and the initiation circle, the coaching calls are really impactful for people. And it's usually the resources send people to first because you could just learn so much from them. So hopefully you learned something new today. Also just know that the things that I share are based off of my experience and my experience alone. So is it the finite definitive answer to all that is? Absolutely not. I would never be as arrogant to believe anything like that. But what I do pride myself in teaching is just what I have experienced myself. So nothing I speak is regurgitated from books I've read or even from other teachers. All I can speak about is what I have personally experienced. So just wanted to premise with that and hope that my beliefs don't challenge yours because that is not what I do this work for. But also just know that um, I was talking to the initiation circle members this morning about it in our coaching call. And I just said, you know, I never want you to take my word as the absolute truth as well. I want you to be very discerning for yourself. Your truth might feel very different from my truth. And my truths change and evolve as I change and evolve. So the more spirits that I connect with, the more mediumship I do, the more meditation I do, the more enlightened I get. And so therefore my beliefs and my experiences shift and evolve as I shift and evolve. And the very much the same is going to be for you. So just be open, be flexible, have an open heart, open mind, um, open to receive maybe something new that you haven't heard before. So the first question I received on Instagram, I'm just going to start there, um, was do you perform a specific ritual or prep before a mediumship reading? So the answer to this is it's different for me every time depending on how I feel. Now the first few years of you know development and performing readings for the public I probably did have a lot more structure. I remember times when I would like meditate half an hour before and then I would just like walk around my house and try to stay out of my head for the half an hour before. I remember tuning in before and writing down any initial impressions I received as a way to kind of like warm up and I remember like meditating all the way up until the time that the sitter arrived in my space. I used to only do in-person readings now I only do online readings. So I think that everything I've ever done to prepare for my sessions has worked for me when I've done it. So I don't think that there's a right answer for everybody out there, but I will happily tell you what I do now. And I sit in the power every single day for at least 30 minutes. And so 
I do this as a way to show the world of spirit that I'm completely dedicated to my craft. It's a way to show my spirit that I'm completely dedicated to it. And it it makes me feel very devotional. And so even if I don't feel like sitting in the power, even if I don't feel like I have time because I'm a busy mom of two kids, busy business and all that fun stuff, there's always time. Time is like the least excuse we should have. Even if I'm sitting in the power for five and 10 minutes and I don't necessarily feel anything or my mind's wandering, I stay in that chair for 30 minutes a day. Now, this has been really powerful for me and I feel like I need that discipline. So because I have that discipline, I don't necessarily do a whole lot to prepare to go into my readings. Um, often I will do a little bit of a visualization before to warm up my clairs. So I spend about five minutes. I'll sit in my chair. I have a reading chair that I do all my readings in. And I'll visualize. I'll take some deep breaths and center myself and come back to my core, come back to my center. And I will envision myself standing up in my chair, walking around my room, picking up things, smelling things, feeling the textures on my hands, listening for the far off sounds outside my room, really feeling the temperature changes as I walk from outside my bedroom, out into the hallway, walking down my stairs, feeling the banister along my fingers, noticing outside it's sunny and I can start to feel the warmth as I make my way to the front door and I open up the door and I twist the doorknob and I step outside feeling that um, atmospherical shift as well and I'll go take a walk around my block and I know every house I know every tree I see the trees coming in bloom I wave to a neighbor in the yard I see the eagles flying overhead I hear the wind against my ears I feel the warmth on my skin I feel the pavement beneath my feet and I will literally take a walk around my block and then come back to my chair And then if I have some time before my reading, I may dance, I may listen to music, I may hop on Instagram live and pull some cards. Basically, I try to just stay out of my head. I try not to make presumptions or set expectations. I do set an intention, which is always to serve spirit. So my intention is to bring through information that serves the world of spirit and serves the spirit who has chosen to work with me today. I may have an extra intention if I'm working on something very specific, like if I'm wanting to practice names. I don't typically use my professional readings as a practice playground. I hire mentors. I take workshops and group events as a space to practice in. Um, So I don't typically use my professional readings um, as that playground. So if I'm doing a practice reading, I'll definitely set an intention. Okay, I really want to work on feeling you today, or I really want to work on hearing you today. I may set that extra intention. But typically my intention in professional atmosphere is just to meet the need of the soul. And of course, I mean the soul who has employed me and the souls on the other side. So that's kind of what I do. It's really easy. I try not to have too many hangups around my prep. Um, I try to just focus on having fun and I try to focus on just not calming my nervous system. Like I don't really think meditating before a reading is awesome because um, I want to be kind of like activated. I don't want to be like super calm, but I will say that I do like being calm during a reading. I don't like being super expressive anymore. Um, I really do like being calm, uh, but I can be calm and not have to meditate before as well. So hopefully this helps. All I tell people is who are interested in prep work, 
pay attention to how you're prepping. Pay attention to the quality of the reading, the quality of the connection, and then look backwards and reverse engineer. How did I prep today? Ooh, I want to try that again and see if I get that kind of same kind of connection. So it's going to be a little bit of trial and error for you on um, finding what works best for you. But that's kind of what I do now. Okay, I got another question through my Instagram live today where people asked me if I recommended any crystals. Now, I love crystals. I have thousands of crystals literally I have moon shelves all over my house that are jam-packed with crystals I have these beautiful gold and glass boxes all throughout my room that are jam-packed with crystals but I don't know and people who are into crystal healing may speak to this a little bit better for me they're pretty to look at I can't see I've ever had any kind of super profound experience with crystals I will say that I love Hermaker Diamond um, I really enjoy the clarity of a Hermaker Diamond I will say that I really had a magical experience with Indiglite which is blue tourmaline it's hard to find it's quite expensive um, I shared that on the Instagram live today so if you go to my um, IGTV from April 14th you can go and I, I share my story about pendulum work and using your body as a human pendulum which actually comes up in a few seconds here a uh, question that I received around that <clears throat> so I do absolutely love purple so of course I love amethyst and I love fluorites I love pyrite I swear I had some crazy manifestation with pyrite which is a fool's gold it's like a gold um, crystal I saw someone that looked like they had a pyrite candle holder and I really wanted it <laughs> I'm like please tell me that's pyrite and how I can get it um, but it wasn't pyrite it was something else um, I do believe that, um, clear quartz is an amplifier. I do think clear quartz is beautiful because you can charge it. You can set your intention into it. So when I used to do new moon circles, I would always bring clear quartz in and give it to everybody and say, just use this crystal, set your intention into it. I would get the sisters to trade crystals so that they understood that they were carrying another woman's dreams in their property. So to put them on their altar and really have revenant to this. And I believe in that so much because we even put clear quartz in like stereo systems right in computers like they're an amplifier of energy so I think the shadow quality of having a clear quartz crystal is if you're working with clear quartz and your energy is not that great it's just going to amplify that right um, I did actually just order my first malachite crystal I'm right moldavite moldavite so of course I'm on TikTok now I don't even look at my TikTok page I'm not really doing anything with it but I love watching TikToks and people are just so dang creative I mostly post about my dog but it is under Squamish Medium and like the internet is just going crazy about moldavite and so because I've very rarely had powerful experiences with crystals I've been a, like a little bit skeptical of it but um, I definitely want to check moldavite out because I'm at a huge transition point in my life and in my career right now and it's been like you know kind of like this blend of like dark night of the soul slash like beautiful clarity for the past eight months and so I really want to use moldavite to see if I can just like break through this dark night of the soul that I feel like I've been ebbing and flowing out of since I lost my kitty cat last year and so I'm going to try Moldavite. I'll check back with you. I'll let you know how it goes. I think I said Malachite on my live. Um, so do I recommend any? You know what I do recommend if you can where you are? Going to a crystal shop and just holding them. And see if you feel expansive or contracted in holding it. But I will say I have like I'm looking around my room right now. I have thousands of crystals everywhere. I love them. I think they're beautiful. Um, so again we're yeah I'll just leave it there. How about that? I'll just leave it there. 
Okay, so another question that came through is how do you balance being a mom and a medium? I struggle at times. <clears throat> Sorry, I feel like I'm losing my voice. Well, the truth is my kids are in school right now and, you know, I only work during school hours. So very rarely will I have classes on weekends um, for the initiation circle. I do try to do something on weekends for the nine to fivers, but they're not very well attended. So I'm probably going to stop doing those as well. So I do actually do my mediumship during my kids' school hours. Now they're at that age. Keep in mind though, when I was first developing, it was after my daughter was born. So I had a brand new baby at home and then I had a second baby so two babies at home and a husband who was very bitter that I had a passion (laughs) and very skeptical of what I even do and what I care about so it was like a big struggle will not lie but I am so passionate about the mediumship path it's just such a priority for me it's as much of a priority as my kids are so I just make space for it. So if I sign up for a class, luckily most classes I sign up for are during weekdays too, during school hours. So that's very helpful for me um, now. But last year when we were in lockdown, I basically quit my corporate job and then I had full books for like four months of readings and mentorship sessions and we went into lockdown and I became a stay-at-home mom slash school teacher slash business owner gave up my comfy corporate job all my benefits all my pension the steady pay like it was just it was so hard last year guys but so beautiful too because my business blew up like I just couldn't even have imagined and you know I didn't have to worry about money but it was really hard having the kids all morning and then going into my readings and sessions so I would do two readings and then a mentorship session two readings and a mentorship session three days a week and I had the kids 24 7 at home playgrounds weren't even open all the playgrounds were roped off that will go down is probably the most hard times of my life um, to be honest with you but I am spoiled because I do have my parents living with me downstairs so that my parents are not people who like want to watch my kids all the time when I was doing my sessions and only when I was doing my sessions would my mom come up and help watch the kids so it was hard for everyone so for me I would have like a lot of time to like prepare to ground to like contemplate to meditate I had none of that for six months and so it was really hard so what I had to do was I actually had to exercise every single day and I mean sweat I had to build up my energy and I know through just my past I was very athletic before I am not athletic anymore by the way though I do think I'm a natural athlete but I am not athletic anymore and so I devoted as much time to my body as I did my um, energy and my practice and my kids so I would like wake up at eight sorry (laughs) I would wake up at six with the kids my husband would be off to work at eight his work never closed down during the pandemic Um, still to this day they're completely open and um, I would do a workout for an hour and then I would go shower and then I would like hang out with the kids. We would attempt to do schoolwork, but I just basically had to forego that. She was in grade one. So I was like, she's going to catch up. It's all good. And then I would go into my readings and my mentorship sessions and I would come out and I would eat healthy, get the kids out for a walk. Uh, we were very blessed during pandemic considering we live in a rainforest with good weather. So we were able to go outside quite a bit. And so I actually had to work out um, to get enough energy to be able to do both. And then when the kids went back to school in September and care uh, five days a week, oh my God, I did not take for granted the fact that I had three hours to myself before I went in to do readings. 
So that's a little bit of it. But I also think something that you can do, which is hard for someone like me who's very busy, go, 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 and like intentionally busy, um, though I'm not so much anymore. I've really changed in the past year. I'm a lot slower than I used to be. Um, practicing presence is very important and setting expectations with your kids. So when I would come home and my son would want me to play Lego, I mean, I hate playing Lego. It's like not even enjoyable for me, but I would tell my son, I'd be like, okay, son, we're going to do this for 20 minutes and I'm going to be hundred percent with you. My phone's gone away. I'm not even having coffee. Like I am with you for these 20 minutes, you and me doing this activity together. He would get a hundred percent of me. And then I would have to go back to my emails and everything that I was creating in my business. And he was okay with that. So I would literally try to like balance that way. Just being super present with him and then being super present in my work. And I had to do things in chunks of time. So if you're somebody who feels scattered and you're constantly thinking about the next thing and like what's next, what's next, what's next, you are not present at all. So practicing presence being present with your kids, being present with your clients, being present in your business, like being really intentional about your space and time and how you're using it will definitely help. Okay. Um, So the next question is, when you start to connect with spirit, a reliable indicator for you that you have like a switch. Okay, so I get this question as basically, how do you know you're connected when you start to connect with spirit? So sitting in the power is so important. If you're developing mediumship, you cannot skip this step, okay? It is that important to your mediumship development. Now, there are mediums who've been doing it for 50 years and now they're like, I don't sit in the power anymore. They have built their power. They don't really have to. But when you're first starting out and even like where I'm at, I'm like eight years in now, I need to sit in the power very regularly because I need to feel what my energy feels like. I need to know my own energetic signature and imprint like the back of my hand, which is like a lot. That's the most I can say right now. So I sit in the power to get to know my energy so that when I am going into a reading setting, I can actually feel my power. I can feel it very physically and I can feel it very energetically. So then I know I'm in my power. So therefore, when spirit starts to come near, I can feel that there's a foreign energy in my field. And I just start little by little giving what I have. Okay, I definitely feel a presence with me. I definitely feel like a male. Um, they're, you know, standing on my right. So this is very significant to mother's side of the family. And I literally just piece by piece by piece start giving the energetic information that I'm receiving. Um, so for me, like a switch, absolutely. When I'm sitting in the power and I sit down to read, my power is turned on. Spirit's like, okay, lights on. Danielle's ready to work. When I start to tell my client how I work, that's also a signifier to tell the world of spirit. I am ready for them to come near. And um, I just start to work. I feel it. I literally feel it because I, I have devoted a big part of my practice to clairsentience, which is clear feeling. And the old mediumship way, like the old spiritualist way of developing is like you need to develop your clairsentience before you develop anything else so that you can feel the presence of spirit. So that's really important for me. 
and um, that's how come I'm able to feel them. A lot of people go with clairvoyance first, but eventually with clairvoyance, you're going to have to associate it with a feeling as well, or it'll be harder to discern between what's coming through your imagination center or what's coming through from spirit. It's a little bit of a double-edged sword, Claire, where um, they both kind of act the same. So if I receive a visual, I tap into the feeling, how do I feel about this visual? And so I'm usually using clairsentience with everything anyways. So I've just been very intentional about developing it out and sitting in the power is a great way. So when you're sitting in the power and moving your light outwards, you might very well start to feel tingles on the side of your face. You may start to feel like a lightness. You may start to feel your heart quicken. Now, you know, one of my teacher phrases it like this, like this is not the destination. Um, You don't just stop there because you start to feel the shivers. You need to move beyond that and go deeper. And so yeah, that's kind of um, how I feel it. And I feel my heart quicken. And they actually, because I work on my clairsentience, I start to feel their personalities. I start to feel their mannerisms. I start to feel even maybe how they passed. So they start to impress upon me very physically um, different sensations that are very foreign to mine. And I only know that because I know my energy so dang well, because I sit in the power like through devotion so hopefully that helps you um answer it and you know I still have time so like especially lately like this is clearly a theme that spirit's helping me work through in my readings is it started happening again where they would come through like 10 at a time like literally I would have so many spirits around me and Now I'm far enough along in my development journey. I know how to discern the difference between the different spirits, but for some reason this has come back and I feel like it's because they're trying to prepare me for more public work. Um, Public work is like not something that I ever thought I would do. You know, I did demonstrations in person before the pandemic and I mean like two minutes before the pandemic and I really did enjoy those experiences and I haven't felt called to do them online but I do keep having dreams about it and I do feel like spirits trying to prepare me for that. I, I like one-on-one readings myself. They're so intimate and they're just like so transformational. And then with the public work, you can't really say all the things that come through like in a private reading. And so I'm like, oh, I got a big mouth. Like, how am I going <laughs> to navigate this? So I feel like spirit is bringing this back to my awareness, something that I need to further develop on at this point in time because I'm going to be doing larger group events and and public work eventually. Um, And I feel like it's going to be very soon. So I think that they're bringing this kind of back to me where I'm relaying information in my practice readings and they're like, oh, like this actually sounds like five people. And like the other day I was doing a practice reading in front of my mentor being observed And I brought through some pretty specific things and she was still torn between two. She had like 50 dead people on the other side. She's like, I'm still torn between two. So I had to go to spirit and just say, I need the next thing to be the thing that separates these two energies because they felt very similar to me. It turned out they were very, very similar. And they brought through something very specific that definitely nailed down to one of them. Again, I consider my readings to be very private, so I don't share a lot of details on them. Though I will say... I have started recording readings to put onto the podcast. That's going to be like in like the next version of my podcast, uh, probably this summer. So I'm starting to um, do readings and recording them solely for the intention of publishing them on the podcast as a teaching tool, not a promotion tool. That's like what I always felt really icky about doing readings on air. It's like, well, I don't really want it to be like this. Like I'm so great or, you know, even I'm so not great. Like it's always been kind of like the sticking point for me because I, who likes to be judged like that? Right. But when it got down to it with spirit, it's like, I want to 
teach. Like that's my passion is teaching and mentoring and, you know, building the next wave of confident light workers. And so they've been really inspiring me lately and I've already started doing it, um, finding people on my wait list, finding people who are in regularly communicating with me, my DMs, like fans, kind of like the people who are always like communicating with me. I've been reaching out to them saying, hey, like, do you want to participate in this podcast project I'm going to do? I'm going to be publishing some readings, just 20 minute connections as a teaching tool. So I can tell people like how I prepared, the things that were going on in my mind, uh, why I didn't get that. And I got this and, and how that kind of came to me. I want it to be a really big teaching tool because that's my passion is teaching. Um, so I'm starting to do that now. And I intend on rolling that out in the summer so you guys will be able to kind of get to experience that reading with me because my readings are full right now um okay I can't remember where I was after I went on that tangent but um anyways so the next question I got from somebody on Instagram was if you could go back and do one thing differently in your development what would it be yeah, so this is kind of easy for me. If I were to do my development all over again, I would have asked a very different set of questions around, um, do you get scared? Do you feel nervous before readings? I never had any teachers that talked about that side of mediumship, so I never felt ready because I was like, well, they're so confident and they just seem like they know what they're doing. There was just nobody really talking about you know, not feeling good enough, when to know when it's ready. And so one of my big regrets around those first few years was staying scared for like way too long. So I actually didn't come out and do professional readings for almost four years of development. And though I wouldn't change anything about my path per se, because I think the way that everything unfolded is exactly how it's meant to, and it's beautiful, I definitely feel that I was a chicken shit for quite a long time and yes it was my being my way of being that was kept me in this kind of like stage of fright um, stage fright and just being scared but I also didn't seem to attract teachers at that time that really kind of talked about that side of it and and granted I didn't even know I could ask so I didn't even ask because I was like just assumed that um, everyone no one else had these kind of fears and none of the other students were talking about it and keep in mind back in 2013 I definitely was not aware of things being online I didn't know that there was communities to this and so I felt pretty isolated so I wish I made some more connections I wish I would have found my courage to just come out a lot sooner because I realized that that fear like never goes away and it's just something that you end up navigating through so I wish that I just found my courage a little bit sooner like I feel like after two years I was kind of ready to come out but for some reason I just didn't feel like I was good enough and I also had a mentor that you are not allowed to study under anyone else or take any other classes if you were working with her so I actually didn't know anything else that was really out there I was not into the podcast world at that time. Um, she did bring in like Tony and Mavis, who were her mentors. So we were able to take workshops with them, but they were co-created with her. It was like, it was a bit controlling to be honest with you. But um, yeah, I just kind of wish I stood a little bit more on my power, understood about power a little bit. And I definitely wish I came out almost two years sooner than not. 
Um, yeah, and that's how come I'm so passionate about this podcast. And that's why I'm so passionate about the way that I teach and mentors because I now understand that what I experienced was completely normal and everybody does experience it even though they may not speak about it. And um, that's why I'm just so passionate about being really real with you guys. And that was actually the reason why I started the podcast, as you know, is because I was like, I was wanting to find something and create something that I wish I had in those early years. So I continue to talk to you guys about a lot of the fears that I went through and still continue to go through. Again, I don't think a lot of the concerns we have necessarily go away, but I do think that we build assurance and we build resilience to the fears that we've lived with. And I just did an Instagram post on this. My fear around mediumship was not actually my fear around mediumship. It was a fear that I've been carrying within myself for a very long time and it had nothing to do with mediumship it just acted out in my mediumship so it was a big healing journey everything worked out perfectly but that's what I would do different okay so what kind of sparked the inspiration for this episode in particular was really around um, this email that I received from somebody probably a month and a half ago at this time now here's the thing this email is dense like it was like when I put it into the characters here, I'll do the word count right now because I have it in front of me. So this might sound not so flowy these next few minutes because you guys know what I'm like when I'm trying to read instead of just like roll with things. But it's over 4,000 words. Um, and so I don't know if like English is a second language and I'm sorry to offend if that is the case. I'm trying not to be offensive here, but I didn't understand everything that was in the email, which is why I haven't responded yet. But what I did gather from a few few of the questions I really want to address at this time. Now, the first one was working with a pendulum. She talks about, I cleansed it. I asked Archangel Michael to protect it. I asked them to show me yes or no. So basically she calibrated it and it was wrong. Um, the things like it, the thing that said yes, it ended up being a no. Like there wasn't any kind of clarity there. So I did a whole um, Instagram live on this today. So if you go to my Instagram IGTV look up April 14th it's actually called using your body as a human pendulum I, I talk about this a lot more in depth but I will say that I am very skeptical of pendulums working for us because we have so much uh, skin in the game we have desires we have ego we have like needs like if I'm gonna like hold it up and be like you know will I get a million dollars this year like it's probably gonna say yes not because it's gonna happen because I actually believe I could right and I have a desire and I'm just using money as like an example right or you know will this reading be amazing like I'm focusing so much on the fear of no like I'm actually getting like a no like I just think that our energy kind of like influences the pendulum and can we be super um, detached from the outcome of what we're desiring to seek a yes and no answer from, the likelihood is pretty low. So I do believe in pendulums. I am saying that. I had a beautiful first experience with a pendulum that was so powerful. And I share that on this IGTV. So if you're interested in hearing it, go check out the IGTV Squamish Medium on Instagram. But we have desires. We're human. Sometimes we can't get out of the way. So sometimes I believe that the pendulum is swayed by our, our desires. Um... And so, or fears. So one of the clearest ways that I say to get a message from a pendulum, and I do this with my assistant, Danielle, I'll just message her and be like, hey, Danielle, grab your pendulum. Just give me a yes or a no. And then she'll give me a yes or a no. And 
I'll likely trust that answer more than me. But I did have on the on the Instagram live today somebody say like I get the super clear answers when I communicate with Archangel Michael. Now here's the thing that is great and I totally believe you like I would never not believe somebody who says that I always give people the benefit of the doubt but here's the truth for me I wouldn't even think of connecting with somebody in spirit through a pendulum I truly wouldn't because the way that I was taught as a medium is that I am the only tool you need so I hear people saying that they have accurate communication through a pendulum connecting with like Archangel Michael or departed loved ones okay like I don't know how they can really give you evidence around that I don't know perfectly fine but I wouldn't use this tool to communicate with my grandmother or etc etc I would just basically open up my energy and receive her and trust the telepathic stuff that's kind of coming through or the clairsentient information that's coming through that's how I'm used to communicating with spirit so I don't use a pendulum for that um now I do believe that when we are swaying the pendulum in a lot of ways I believe it's muscle testing um, but I will say like the first time I held up a pendulum, a spirit told me to take off my necklace. It was like year one of development. And this thing spun so hard, so wide, so fast. It was up on its side and that wasn't me moving it. So I do believe that the pendulum will move based off of energy. Like right now I'm holding up my pendulum and it's spinning maybe about four inches um, in a circle diameter. And so there's a lot of energy because I'm teaching right now. I'm mentoring. Spirit is communicating with me, through me, um, inspiring me, how, what to say, how to answer, what memories to recall. So there's a lot of energy around me when I'm doing these podcast episodes and when I'm teaching and mentoring. So of course it's going to spin. It's going to move. That much I believe when it comes to pendulum work. Um, but I don't really use it a yes or no. The best way that I can identify a yes or no answer, so basically like what my higher self wants to say to me is through my own body again I develop as a clairsentient so it makes sense that this would be my favorite tool and I'll basically clear my energy through a breath I'll just neutralize my nervous system through a breath and because I meditate a lot and I sit in the power law I'm able to do that very simply through the breath and I'll say out loud what I'm testing so maybe it's like do I want to run the initiation in June when I say that, my heart expands, my throat expands. I actually, all the blood rushes to my head with excitement. And then I take another breath, <sighs> neutralize all my energy, and I say, I don't want to run the initiation in June. And everything contracts. Like I actually feel a bit sad. I shrink up a little bit. My heart like actually feels a bit tight. And so I know that that's not a clear answer. That's a no. So I do want to run the initiation in June. That felt very expansive. So I use my heart center. I use my body. I use my internal wisdom as a way to get my yes or no answers. So hopefully that helps. Um, a lot of people might fight on me on this and that's okay. You guys got it. You guys got it. I've never taken a pendulum class. Let's just say that. Um, now another question I just wanted to answer. There was like six questions within this email. So I, I'm not going to answer them all because in truth like I um I I didn't get the gist of it. So if this is you who sent me the email, um I can't even say the name because it's like strings of letters and so I apologize if you wanted to write back and rephrase some of the questions and have me answer them I would be happy to answer them okay 
Um, so the other question that they sent me was along the lines of, I connect with my grandmother on the other side and I get answers and answers to questions very clearly, but how do I see the difference between uh, what's my mind and what's their message? Um, now this can be tricky without a doubt. Um, what I would say to discern if the message is loving, forward moving, inspiring, I definitely feel like it comes from spirit. If it comes through doubting, um, you know, like, like negative, doubting, um, not very positive, it's likely your mind and your ego kind of coming up and saying that. I don't think spirit really comes through with like negative information or traumatic information at all. Um, I do think that they come through with loving and inspiring information. So that's one way to discern it. I will also say that when my grandmother comes through with messages for me, they're felt. My heart expands. I feel like crying. I feel like weeping. It's like their presence is so strong as they're telepathically giving me this message that it's a real, it's a big experience. It's a big experience for me. So I'm easily able to tell, yes, that is them. I'm just so surrounded in love right now. I can feel it. I can absolutely feel it. So that's how I am able to um, discern between them. Um, Okay, so hopefully that answers that. And the last question I wanted to answer, which I'm so excited about because, um, I, I'll, I'm going to be redoing the language of spirit course. Um, so I'm going to be launching that so you can actually register right now for it. So the language of spirit I did last October or last April, it was something that people asked me for. Like I had DMS of people saying, are you going to teach on the Claire's? Are you going to teach on the Claire's? And I was like, yes, I will create something. And I created the language of spirit. It was incredibly well tended. It was my first live class I did online. I had over 40 registrants for me. That was massive I was like oh my god I was so touched that all these people wanted to sign up for the language of spirit course where I talk about claircognizance clairaudience clairsentience clairvoyance I even talked about clairalliance and clairaugustance um like the language of spirit the language of our soul and you can use this language in your day-to-day life in your intuitive practices in your mediumship like it's literally for everyone and so I was really excited to teach it and then I put it up on spirit school and it sells like hotcakes like it sells all the time my quiz does amazing I have a quiz that leads into it I still get um, opt-ins every day for the quiz the course sells really well but I also know so much more now and I also wanted to include thanks to this person who asked me this question about Clara empathy and the difference between clear empathy and clairsentience. So I was like, this is so timely because I'm actually going to be teaching the language of spirit again live. I haven't done it live for a year. People love live. I'm going to be doing it every Saturday in May uh, between 12 and 1.30 p.m. Um, Pacific time and lifetime access and it's also this time going to come with a Facebook community a pop-up Facebook community so that you guys can like touch base on the homework because there's homework every week for you to kind of like integrate and experience more of the different things that I teach you guys will be able to practice with one another if you want Um, it's going to be really beefed up so I'm really excited for that so sign up if you're interested lifetime access um, and I'm going to put it back up on spirit school and probably not do it live again I say that now but who knows Um, and then that will be the new language spirit course because again my branding's different I know so much more about teaching now so many more experiences to share and then I also do want to include um, Claire Empathy uh, within the course as well 
So clear empathy is clear emotions, whereas clairsentience is clear feeling. Now, I will say that under the clairsentient umbrella, if we were to have clairsentient at the top and everything kind of falling underneath it would be um, Claire Empathy, Claire Gustins, Claire Alliance, and even in some of the the amazing teachers believe that Claire Cognizance also falls under Claire Sentience. Now, I teach Claire Cognizance as its own ability because I feel like I'm incredibly Claire Cognizant as well. So I teach it as its own, and I actually teach it with Claire Sentience uh, or Claire. Um, alliance and Claire Gustin's tasting and smelling and so Claire uh, Claire empathy is actually clear emotions um, it's empathetic abilities it's a somatic experience it's it's um, cellular and so when I bring this to practicality how I would teach it is as an example if I'm in a reading and all of a sudden this beautiful spirit comes near and they start giving me their personality and they make my left arm go numb because they had a stroke and then they bring through this regret that they had because they didn't treat their person um, with all the love and you know joy that they were worthy of and deserving of that guilt that regret is that clear empathy that's the emotion that they bring me through with their loved one. It, it comes through a lot um, in, in my readings because I do work very clairsentiently and clair empathy is a form of clairsentience. So that's how I kind of discern the two. Um, clairsentience is really kind of like physical. I can feel it. It's tangible. Clair empathy is around the emotions around a communication. Hopefully that kind of helps clear it up. Now, it's different than empathetic abilities because some people who walk around truly empathetic, it's like this subconscious way of like picking up other people's like emotions and they may feel like, why am I sad right now? Oh, I must be carrying someone else's stuff. If they're aware enough, they will realize that it's not them. It's like they're carrying other people's stuff. But with Claire empathy, it's more psychic. It's an extra sense. There's intentionality behind its use. It's opening up to spirit, allowing spirit to communicate through you. And when you pick up emotional evidence, that's using the ability of clear empathy. But a lot of people just kind of put it under the umbrella of clairsentience, which is why it's like not a word that's out there a lot. But if you do Google it, I'm, t- I'm sure that there's tons of people who have r- written on it. So I will be including clear empathy as part of the new language of spirit course, which starts um, in May. It's going to be every Saturday in May, 12 to 1.30 Pacific time. So I'm really excited about that. So you have a little bit of time um, to register. It's going to be so much fun. So it's going to start May 8th. Um, yeah, it's going to be fun. So I'm excited for that. So these are the questions that I received. Um, and I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you guys did, I'd be happy to do another Q&A um, if you guys are interested in it, if you find it useful and helpful. And I hope you guys have a good one. We'll chat soon. I really hope you enjoyed this episode of Spirit School. If you did, please leave me a review and a rating wherever you're listening to this podcast. And if you do feel called to share this with your friends, thank you for tagging me on Instagram at Squamish Medium so I can also share. It really helps get the word out about the podcast. If you're interested in working with me in my one-on-one mentorship, a reading, or all the various programs that I run, you can go to SquamishMedium.com or check me out on Instagram at Squamish medium the link in the bio has everything i am currently working on in service to the world of spirit have a great day guys